0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the newest episode of the You Should Run podcast. I'm your host, as always, Councilman Tony Heil from Bridgeport, Pennsylvania, which is nestled close to Philadelphia, not far from New Jersey, just a little bit from Delaware. And from here, you're hearing my voice wherever you are. Um, As you know, I've talked with someone in every state of the country, including Washington, D.C., plus one episode where someone was in Spain, but they're not from there. And I've, as I'm going to talk with my guest today, a lot of people, um, if you're talking across the country, represent some very diverse parts of the country. And I don't just mean racially or gender, but urban and rural, a lot of issues that maybe don't get talked about enough because we're focusing on the same parts of the country all the time. And I think that hopefully we can fix that up a little bit. Um, I'm going to talk to someone who probably isn't exactly like The rowdy one, Rowdy Roddy Piper, but instead my new friend Jess Piper, who is running for office in Missouri and uh, really has some interesting issues to take on and also a challenge to compete in an area that may be difficult for Democrats to run in, but I think also it's a necessity to not leave any um, district, any election uncontested or issue um, uncontested as well. Before we get into it, I encourage you to go and um, find past episodes of the you should run podcast including some from missouri since we've talked there before um and talk and listen to episodes from all across the country and if you have any suggestions for guests at any level of government which we've covered from borough council to u.s senate uh send me an email tony t-o-n-y-h-u-y-l at gmail.com with that uh jess piper thank you for talking today
1: Hey, thanks so much for having me. This is exciting.
0: I hope it's exciting. We'll see. <laughs> uh, so, first of all, you're from Missouri. It's a bigger state than I think, you know, people might realize. What part of Missouri are you in?
1: I am from the very uh, northwest part of the state. In fact, I'm only a couple miles away from the Iowa line. So, I'm in um, in very rural uh, Missouri. There's soybeans and, and uh, cornfields all over, and not very many
0: people. <laughs> so, so how far are you from Council Bluffs?
1: Um, I think I'm around 100, and, 100 miles or so. Okay. So it, I'm the exact, it's
0: the same distance for me to go to Kansas City as it is to go to Des Moines. Okay, I my first political work was in Des Moines, um, and then I spent months in Council Bluffs, Iowa, and um, totaled a car somewhere in southern Iowa, so... Um, <laughs> that's god's country up there <laughs> well like we'd like to think that any part of the country would be right true. Um, depending on your perspective so um so that's where you're from it's an area that you know when you when the donald trump and his uh, his allies would share a map they'd say oh impeach this and we're not talking about impeachment But they're like look at this map this is all red here we're talking yeah. land versus people um yeah, it's hard to think that the people who go like there's no Democrats there, right? Obviously, that's not true.
1: Right? Yeah, there's not many, but <laughs> but, but we are here. Um, I'm running for uh, House District Seat One, which is four counties, and in all of the four counties, there are about twenty three thousand people in in the entire district.
0: And you're looking forward to that election, pretty forward, because that election's not tomorrow. It's not next week. Um. <laughs> It is in the um, we're the hopeful year of 2022, right? It
1: is. Um, and I, I put myself out there early because I know what it's going to take to try to flip this district.
0: So you are from there. Have you always been politically involved? I know some of the issues you care about, but um, have you always paid attention to politics? Because it might be difficult where you are.
1: Yeah, um, well, I've always been sort of, you know, I listened to NPR and I paid attention, but not too much. Um, I've always been, I'm a teacher, I teach English, so I've always been, um, I've taught social justice issues. So I'm very aware of those sorts of things, but politics really started, you know, after Trump. Uh I wish I could say that I was always paying attention, um, but I'm privileged and I wasn't. And uh, that was my wake-up call.
0: Well, and that that's okay. It's better to be paying attention today than I have gone on to not pay attention, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, but the politics where you are is different than the politics where I am in the Philadelphia area. Um, and one of the things, though, that obviously you care about is education. And there are a lot of, of very right-wing bills and, and attacks on education in general. Have you felt that in Missouri?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, we have a supermajority here. Um, as far as my representation goes, I don't have any Democrats that represent me, and I'm talking about all the way down from sheriff, commissioner, collector, all the way up to, you know, my congressman and, and my senators, and by the way, my senator is Josh Hawley, yes, um, <laughs> which is particularly awful. Um, but education um, is really taking a hit. It has for a while, but um, under the supermajority in Missouri, we're really struggling. Uh, there's a Senate bill right now coming out to um, siphon money from public schools and put them into charters. They're looking to put charters into to cities that have 30,000 more, uh, 30,000 people or more. Um, they're also looking to let parents save their tax money and then you know send that wherever they'd like, get, there's, uh, it's just a huge bill wrapped up in as much awfulness for public education as you can imagine. And um, it's got a lot of steam, and I'm scared that it's going to pass.
0: So the thing that... It's hard for me at, to logically put my head around the attacks on public education. Because um, mm-hmm. you you live and oh, you have family. I, I imagine when you talk to people, they care about having a good school in their community, Right.
1: Yeah, here's the thing. I mean, you can come to my town and talk to people about public school and they'll, they're will they proud of their school. They'll take you to their school. They'll show you where they graduated. They'll show you, right. you know, football. They'll show you everything that's good about it. They don't, it doesn't make any sense um, to talk to rural people about this sort of thing uh, because there's no charter schools here. The The closest um, private school, high school, is, is an hour away from me. There's no, even if they pass, charters all they're doing is taking money from our local schools because we're still going to be local community schools
0: and i don't see the logic of especially in a place like that that says otherwise is there i mean obviously you and i are biased but of course yeah (laughs) i mean i i can see in other issues like um energy for example like yes i care about climate change but i understand that this is an industry in your area and you want to protect it um, yeah or for, well, and, like and, for and education really, go, ahead. go ahead no you go ahead
1: well it really isn't a, an issue and when you talk to people they realize that um, that schools should remain public and public funds should remain here um, it's just that when it gets down to Jeff City it's, it's out of the you know it's out of our hands those mm-hmm. people are are passing whatever they want to pass
0: so it sounds like from what I've heard from a lot of uh, people on my podcast, um, there is there are people who are entrenched in power, especially Republican majorities, where they may play to some local issues, but they don't really need to be accountable to these local issues at home.
1: Absolutely not. And that's something I really work uh, with trying to get a message out is to say, hey, I mean, I know they said, you know, people are coming for your guns, or I know that they told you that they would vote against abortion. But when they get down there, what they're actually doing is tearing apart our community.
0: Mm-hmm. And one of the things, obviously, that's very big in, t- in schools right now is not being in school. I, you know, there's with the COVID pandemic and rules now where people are saying kids should be back in school. I um, my, be honest. My son's in first grade. He is um, in school now here in the suburbs. But something that seems amiss to me when Republicans talk about that is, I get the sense that in most of these more Republican areas, the schools are open anyway. It's the it's in Philly and in Pittsburgh or in D.C. where the schools might not be open.
1: Right. We see that. Um, I see the rhetoric all the time, and I see local people repeating the rhetoric when 95% of all Missouri schools have been open since August. The buildings have been open mm-hmm. since August. So they're talking to 5%, and those people are probably in St. Louis or Kansas City or Columbia, but everyone else is open, and so that rhetoric about, you know, teachers, lazy teachers, and, and unions, that's that's a no-go out here. It doesn't mean anything. We're open.
0: Yeah, and I the, the difference even here for, for my school district, which I really like, um, it's a small school. They can ventilate. They can put in a lot of practices, but in a more urban area, they, they just don't have the means and the updated schools to do what you could do in probably in your school district. Uh, we
1: really couldn't do anything in my district either.
0: Um, well, you guys yeah. are, I imagine you're not like crowded in like sardines like you are in some city schools. Oh. Uh. Well, maybe I'm wrong. That's one of the points. Yeah, it's, um, it's
1: school as usual.
0: Right, and that, well, my aunt is a teacher, a public school teacher, in an area that was very pro-Trump, very conservative area, Um, and a number of teachers have gotten sick, not because the school is as clustered as in Philadelphia, um, but because people aren't taking precautions in school or out of school.
1: Right, in my school, I'm lucky we have a math mandate, but... In the surrounding areas, there are tons of these, uh, you know, tiny schools that are not mandating masks and teachers are getting sick and mm-hmm. kids are getting sick.
0: And it seems like, you know, my son's six, he's in first grade, but first graders and kindergartners and second graders, they're very good at listening to teacher directions sometimes. But yeah, high schoolers, <laughs> not so much.
1: Yeah, adults, adults
0: too. <laughs> and I, right, I have conversations with my sons a lot about how, well, you guys are five and seven, and you are able to be more responsible than many 35 and 45-year-olds I know.
1: Yep, amen. <laughs> uh,
0: but one of the, th- the things you talked about, you, you have been focusing on, are some very important rural issues. And are I don't know, in your area, are people thinking about and talking about those rural issues? Are they things that you know about by being so invested and involved? Um, what what's something that's focused on there that would impact you in a way that doesn't necessarily impact me as directly?
1: Right. Well, um, so I'm a subsistence farmer. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband and I have an old farmhouse, and we have a little over five acres. And we um, we grow our own lamb, our own beef. We grow our own huge um, gardens in the summer, and then we also have chickens and eggs. So what's really important to us, and what it will allow us to keep living this life is um, having good air and good ground
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: and and good water. And there's something called a CAFO. It's called a, it's a concentrated animal feeding operation. And these are huge feedlots uh, that come into rural areas. And um, they have thousands of animals, and they produce millions of gallons of waste per year. Um, and they ruin the lives of people like me. Um, and the sad thing is, is that um, even conservatives agree with this. You can't farm if your ground is ruined. Um, and so, in a lot of times, these, these capos aren't even run by American com- you know, companies. Mm-hmm. They're from, from foreign entities. Um, and so, local ordinances and health departments can pass an ordinance and say, you know what? We don't want these capos here, so they'll pass an ordinance. Well, the state of Missouri, um, they passed a bill last year that said no, you can't have local control, and they took local control away from cities and counties, and now Kapos can come into places and they could they could relocate right next to me, and there's not a thing I could do about it.
0: So, and and you understand that the legislature is voting one way. Do the people locally see the impact of that, or is it kind of? Hard to see what that's like. It is an education about the issue.
1: Honestly, a lot of people don't know until one tries to locate to the, to the area. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one that's a few counties over in Livingston County, and um, they're they're trying to locate right next to a watershed. Um, and so the local residents, who I would argue many of them are very conservative people, are really upset about this, but are senators and our representatives
0: said come on in no matter what the locals say and my experience in not working with anyone in the rural community is that people who work on farms or work in agriculture at that direct level are usually really smart and in, in terms of what they're doing right like you you don't go into it and be like well i'm gonna raise some lamb like you have to know a lot of details about the process to do it well and do it consistently
1: You do, and I think that people have a misconception about rural people that we're just, you know, into guns and into ourselves and we just do our own thing. When I know, especially, you know, people who live the life that we do, we're really concerned about the environment. I'm very concerned about water and air quality and whether my food that I'm feeding my kids is healthy for them. And every farmer I know is concerned about that because that's how they make their living. Um, And so, you know, environmentalism, it goes way back, you know, think of saving seeds and, and, you know, pouring the bacon grease into, you know, a jar to use for another day. And, you know, we can everything. We're concerned. Mm -hmm. And I'm also from an area where we have huge wind farms. And so you hear lately with, you know, Ted Cruz and the others blaming, you know, wind for whatever happened in Texas, which we know is a farce. But, Rule out here we don't have lots of industries, but those wind farms produce millions of dollars of revenue for my local area.
0: And you know, the reason I said that is not just to suck up to Missouri, nothing against Missouri, but like um you you have to understand those details to to live in an agricultural community. People know like soybean prices in the day, they know like dairy prices or beef or what's going on. Um so, I imagine that people get the impact of things like this and the, both the short and long term impact if it's part of the ongoing conversation
1: yes, yeah, we do, and um it's just getting you know people to realize that basically, I'm on the same team um I mean, I'm a gun owner, I live out here i you know i I'm a lot like my neighbors. It's just that um. I know that the things that matter aren't being talked
0: about down at the Capitol in Jeff City. And I've, again, I've talked with a lot of people who are involved in rural communities. I talked with the, someone from South Dakota uh, recently about this as well. And there's not an issue. There's it doesn't seem like there's any sort of policy positions that the Republicans are winning on that Democrats are missing out on when it comes to these very local means for communities like yours, right? Like, there's not like, well, Republicans are right, we really need to get on the right position.
1: (laughs) No, (laughs) that does not happen. In general, um, we're losing, there's a lot of misinformation that the Republicans are very good at using and passing around. Um, You'll see, I I tweeted one time about, um, you know, funding, fully funding public education and the Missouri GOP jumped on that and said, see, she is too extreme for Missouri. I literally said, we should fund education. And that's the kind of messaging that they put out. They're not popular. Their positions aren't popular. And this is how I know, because when they put progressive issues on the ballot, Missouri votes for progressive issues. Right. But what ha- what happens is then we vote in Republicans who go back and undo everything that we did on those ballot initiatives.
0: And... So, yeah, I know that with Medicaid expansion passed in Missouri, um, mm-hmm. minimum wage hikes are popular in Missouri. Um, mm-hmm. But the the issue, obviously, is one where people are voting on culture instead of issues, right?
1: Yeah, obviously. Um, it's You know, the it's the guns and abortion, um, which have absolutely nothing to do with my way of life. No one's going to take away the Second Amendment. We own guns, we hunt. I mean, I didn't kill the deer in my freezer with, you know, a slingshot.
0: <laughs> I mean, pretty impressive if he did. I think that would be an extra vote right there.
1: <laughs> was, I should probably say I did. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's that. Um, and I've, I've, I'm an avid TikTok user. <laughs> yeah. Because it's a great way to get the message out. And I obviously I make lots of videos about that. I'm a gun owner. No one's coming for our guns. No one. Mm-hmm. But. When they go to just cities, there's 55 bills that are out there for preservation of the Second Amendment. I'm like, guys, <laughs> it's not going anywhere. But in the meantime, people can't get a COVID shot, you know, and people are still making seven. Some... And you you talk about minimum wage. We did pass a minimum wage hike. They have a bill currently in the state um, house right now to lower <laughs> to lower the minimum wage. <laughs> I
0: never cease to be amazed. It's just to me. So right now we have this big moment in our country where there's always a big moment, whether it's the presidential election or the last financial collapse. But clearly this is one of the more significant times with coming out of the pandemic, um, the vaccines, etc. But I feel like now is a time for a positive vision because it's kind of like you can remake things in a positive way. I just don't know that they, the Republicans have any sort of positive agenda, right? Like, Is there anything where they're no. positioning like, oh, we can make things cleaner or better or stronger?
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> that is not what's going on. There are gun bills. Um, there are bills to privatize education. I mean, those are the big things. Um, and honestly, if, if I were elected, just to have somebody down in Jeff City Voting to block some of this stuff would be a huge win. You know, mm-hmm. even even if if I couldn't get much done, if I could block things, it would be a start. Because uh, it at the point right now they don't even need Democrats in the room to pass things. You know.
0: Well, so that brings up the election. You said you're in an area that is very hard for a Democrat to win, um, mm-hmm. but if you as a candidate, obviously your goal is to win, but what else are you hoping to accomplish by running? Are you like, do you want to show that, yes, it's worth running in every district about highlighting issues that Democrats are just like, neglecting?
1: Yeah. Well, in uh, twenty twenty, there were uh, fifty representative seats that went uh, without a Democratic challenge on them. Mm-hmm. So fifty seats were uncontested in Missouri, and it's just it's an outrage, and that's it's how it happens. I mean, there are problems. Um, you know, with funding, there's problems within the state, um, Democratic Party. It's nothing we can't get over, but if I, I mean, if I were down there, um, because I'm not shy, um, and I I believe that, you know, people in my area deserve clean water, clean air, they deserve to have a living wage, they deserve to, ha- to have, you know, schools that educate their children properly, um, and they deserve to... Um, to to live the way we want to live. And I'm, you know, Republicans are often saying that uh, Democrats are for socialism or, um, you know, we're radical. And I'm the the furthest from that. I just think that we all deserve at least the bare essentials, you know, until we can get to better things. But right now, um, a lot of people in my area are just struggling, you know? and and i would want to do something about that and you're right there's a lot of people who say well just get on the ballot and that ain't me I, if i do something i'm i want to win i'm i want to win and so i started early so that i could start raising mm-hmm. money because i know what it's going to take and i'm not here just to be on the ballot
0: i so, want to win and and i think that you know there were a few pretty good democrats on rural issues who lost last year Colin mm-hmm. Peterson in Minnesota who lost after many years of uh, being maybe an underdog, and he's a conservative Democrat in a rural district, um, but it feels like Democrats, I mean, let's be honest, they're not really arguing on a lot of rural issues, are they? Are, are, am I missing something, or...
1: You know, I don't know because I, I can just speak from my personal experience. I know that maybe there's not that many because when I do talk about it, it gets a lot of traction. Uh-huh. People are really interested in it. So but I mean I've I've been born and raised in rural America. I was, you know, in Arkansas and then here I've always lived this life. So and I've always been left leaning. And when I say that I just think that people deserve to be treated well. And I think we pay taxes, and why should they go to the wealthy? Why shouldn't they go to health care for all of us, you know? Why why can't we say Medicare for all? Why is that radical that everyone should have health care? Right. Um, and, and so I just, you know, I don't know that a lot of people are speaking to rural issues. I wish they would because it would probably make our lives easier as Democrats.
0: Well, it seems like not just that Democrats are. It doesn't seem like anyone is really talking about rural issues. And so the millions of people who live in small towns, they, they're they not going anywhere for rural political news. They're just going to cable news or social media to talk about something that has nothing to do with their daily life.
1: Yeah, we talk about that a lot. Um, the, you know, the Fox News talking points have absolutely nothing to do with um, our daily life. And I have a relative who voted for Trump but then turned around and voted for Nicole Galloway, who was a Democratic mm-hmm. uh, nominee for governor. And I asked her, w- why? Because Mike Parson is a Trump lackey, you know? And she said, oh, I can't stand him. He's such a rude guy, and he doesn't do anything for Missouri. And I'm like, wait. Because <laughs> she knew that because she reads the local paper mm-hmm. about Mike Parson, so, but, but she listens to Fox News for national. And so she's, she, you know, it, it makes this weird dichotomy, where because if Fox News decided to start talking about Missouri politics, then she would have voted for Mike Carson, you know?
0: And I guess if there's no one running against your local Republican member, then their odious politics, their, their neglect for rural communities, isn't in the local paper either, because there's no one kind of getting that any sort of local attention.
1: No one is watching what they're doing. Um, and so, like, let's say my, my representative, who is a very nice man, he mm-hmm. is a nice man, but his voting record is atrocious. Mm-hmm. And he, he voted for an abortion ban, he voted for KFOS, but no one says anything about it because no one knows about it. Mm-hmm. Because it's buried deep somewhere, or somebody may report it, but then people are like, well, it's a KFO, You right. know, you it, you really do have to kind of be immersed, and that takes some. It takes time and it also takes a little bit of privilege because it means that I have extra time to, you know, look into these things. So, yeah, it's difficult to stay up on on your local people if there's not a whole lot of people reporting. On it.
0: Do you do you hope that you will you is running now for 2022? And, and there's a lot of people like I already have a contested primary in my state for Senate in 2022. Wow. It's just um and with maybe more people running. It's a lot to a lot to handle. Um Yeah do you hope that you announcing now might encourage other people to not take those districts for granted and not um not neglect them and to maybe announce for not just in missouri for those 50 districts uncontested but in north dakota in iowa etc
1: sure and i'm i mean i'm involved in a lot of organizations um you know trying to get women to run but then just trying to get you know democrats to run in these areas and it, it really is important, Not like I said, not just to be on the ballot, but to fight for what we believe in. Um, and honestly, though, it, it's really uncomfortable. I've taken a whole lot of grief. <laughs> I mean a lot of grief, and mm-hmm. I'm a public school teacher, so that brings me even more. Um, it's tough on our families. And the money. I I had to start this early because I know what it will take, but in my district, they can just, you know, pick somebody out of the hat of the local chamber, plop him down, throw some money from a pack, and he's got more than me, and I it took me two years to, to get this together.
0: Yeah. Um, you have all these different groups that you mentioned. I know you say you, uh, you on your profile, you've worked with Emerge, right? With who? What, what groups have you worked with that... I, I,
1: well- Emily's list is I'm who I'm working with. Um, also, DimCast is has been helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I was part of uh, Mom's Demand before. I I can't be a lead anymore since I've uh, decided declared my candidacy. But um, so just lots of progressive groups that
0: I work with. But so if, I think a lot of people. Um... Think that maybe they're not qualified to run like you need oh Lord if I, I hear this a lot I mean I've encouraged people locally to run we the, uh, my local candidate for mayor who I love like she was in her early, earlier mid20s when we got her to run for council but we're like you are a great candidate um mm-hmm. how do you encourage people to get past that especially women because um, we need more women in office there's one state maybe two that have a majority female delegation. Um, how do you help to encourage people that they are the kind of people that should be running for office?
1: I will tell you this, because I, I often have that, I mean, and I have a master's degree, but I often have that imposter syndrome. Like, what am I doing? Do I know what I'm doing? I'll tell you what will cure that. I Get any sort of, um, you know, go to your state legislation and then look at what the what they're saying, what your representatives are saying look at the way they speak, look at what they're talking about, you'll feel empowered because you're like, wait, he said that? Wait, they believe that? It, and so you do feel like they're people. They're just regular people. Like if they can do it, I can do it. And I just hear insane things coming from, um, you know, these, these hearings when they're, when they're listening to bills or trying to, you know, pass bills when they, especially when they speak about education, I just cringe because you have, you know, and I I don't want to disparage young people, but you have really young people writing bills about things that they don't understand. And so it's difficult, you Mm -hmm. know? And I I think that especially, you know, moms, (laughs) mm -hmm. you got it. You can do this.
0: Yeah. I think, you know that one of the good points to that is you have a lot of people in politics who have the luxury of running, whether they are lawyers or retired, or um, you know they have parents' money and they're young, they can do it, or they are um, you know something else. And there's not enough. There's a severe lack of teachers and healthcare workers from either party who are running for office anywhere.
1: Right, and, and the money is not You know, you spoke about that. That is an issue. They are really underpaid. I think the state representatives are paid thirty five thousand dollars a year. And it's like if it's me, I've got to live there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's four hours to Jeff City. So how does thirty five thousand dollars a year plus I'm paying for rent? How does that work? Right. Well, I know how it does for me because, um, I mean that we live cash and we don't we don't have bills. But for everyone else, I don't know. That's tough.
0: Right. So one of the things that we could do is trying to incentivize people is to, one, make them feel valued that they should be a candidate, and two, maybe we should be working together as Democrats or like-minded people to make it easier for them to run and win and govern.
1: Exactly. And that, you know, comes from the state parties, but not only that, but just grassroots organizations, like you were talking about, as sort of look around and think that person you know they're smart they speak out they
0: know what they're talking about and yeah encouraging these people to run so you're encouraged to run you have a campaign going already you are getting your issues out and you're using tiktok um if people (laughs) if people want to follow you and learn more about these rural issues learn about some of the um you know the things you're trying to do in missouri where should they go to follow you and learn more
1: So I'm on Twitter Mm -hmm. at EnglishTeach07, and I'm also on there as Piper for Missouri, and then I am on TikTok, and I am looking at that right now. I am Jess Piper Mo. Well, that's easy.
0: Uh, Go ahead. No, no, I said that's easy to remember. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. No, I just started, uh, I just started, I feel like a child, and my, my kids were pretty embarrassed that I started TikTok, but then I sort of became more famous than them, so now they're just jealous. <laughs> but it, they said, Mom, you have to dance on there. I was like, no, you don't. You can talk about boring politics and have tons of followers.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think for, um, you know, before we go, we talk about how a lot of rural areas, you have to kind of cut through the messaging from Fox News and other places, so you would encourage anyone running, especially in some of those sparsely populated pockets of the country, to try some alternative media, right? Like, like that.
1: Yeah. You, you are If you are in an area like me, you're, I'm probably, I know that I'm going to have negative mailers. I know that I'm going to have, it's just the fact that I have, you know, the D behind my name is going to be tough. So if you define yourself first, there, it's going to be hard. It's going to be tough because the first thing, like they always like to say, is "Oh, she's anti-gun." Uh, actually, look at all these videos <laughs> she right. talks about. You know, so get in front of the message and define yourself first. And yeah, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, um, YouTube—all these places where people can find you—and when they're not, when they have the time and they're not busy, they could sit down and listen to your message.
0: Great. Well, I appreciate listening to your message and learning more about Missouri. And I encourage anyone who's listening um follow Jess look on Twitter at English teach 07 that's how I found her um through our mutual friend Kelly Kraut who's also using TikTok just like Jess and maybe I'm going to need to do that soon uh, so,
1: <laughs> it's fun you need to but you you fall down rabbit holes you'll be there for hours
0: oh <laughs> uh, that's a whole other conversation about the, who knows what crazy things you're coming up with so um well, I appreciate I'm looking forward to learning more about you in the next couple of months and and years and uh Wish you the best of luck as you move forward in Missouri.
1: I really appreciate this. Um, yeah, I hope I hope if anyone is listening and thinking of running, just just do it. Go for it.
0: Great. Well, as Jess said, you should run for office. You can make a difference, and you can make a difference much easier if you do run than if you sit back and regret not doing it. So thank you so much, Jess. We'll we'll be in touch soon.
1: Thank you.